Welcome back to another bonus episode of the Cabin Podcast, the official podcast of Discover Wisconsin. I'm Eric Paulson. I'm Anna Elise Beckman. And we are diving into the North Woods today and Indeed checking out we are. beautiful Price County. Fall colors are already starting there. And uh, boy, a lot of recreational opportunities as we head into fall and winter. And it's got a great getting away from it all vibe. Makes Price County, I would say, priceless. Wouldn't you? Oh, where's that button? So we're going to dive into frolicking and festival opportunities, shopping opportunities, resort opportunities, all kinds of great stuff with Laura Paulskill from the Phillips Area Chamber of Commerce right here on the cabin. Uh, first thing I will do, well, let's welcome Laura first. She's here right now. Hello, Laura. Hi there. Hi. Thanks for being here. How's it going? Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. I usually yeah. just listen to you guys, so I'm I'm excited to be on. Beautiful. Laura is the executive director of the Phillips Area Chamber of Commerce, so she's in the know on all the stuff we're not. Yes, we which are is... excited to learn a little bit more about Price County, which again, as Eric has mentioned, is priceless. Mm -hmm. So especially because it is the fall time and uh, coming up pretty soon in about two weeks is going to be the peak of the fall colors out in Price County. So I'm excited to learn about kind of what you guys have going on in the fall, but um, let's just jump right into it. If you had to give, you know, the first place that somebody goes to in Price County, where do you go first? Oh, man. I think that depends on what direction you come from. You mentioned I think we are right kind of in the middle of the state. So whether you're coming from the south, north, east, or west, you might hit some different places. Yeah, it's interesting with Price County. It is in the center of the state, kind of, you know, a little bit to the north and west of the very middle. Uh, but there's a lot of forest, a lot of space. You if you're might looking hit for Butternutter Park. Yes. Highways 13, 86, 102. Those are some of the primary highways in the state. Uh, you are, by the way, the highest county in the state. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean we highest are. natural point. You have Tim's Hill. We can talk right. more about that. Uh, the county seat is Phillips, of which you are the executive director of the chamber. And uh, there's some really cool stops that we'll be talking about along the way, too. But like, yeah, like you say, actually, US 8 is also another major road that crosses the southern part of Price County. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, depending on which way you approach, you're going to see beautiful forests and trees and hills. But there are some uh, differences as you approach, aren't there? There certainly are. Um you might be coming past some lakes. You might be coming through some forests. There's there's a lot of different ways to get here and a lot of things to see once you do. Yeah, and some of the some of the quirkier attractions, and I, I moved to those first. And uh, Phillips is the county seat, just south of Phillips. If you're approaching from the south on Highway 13, you're going to come across uh, Fred Smith's Concrete Park. Yeah. Explain yeah. this one, because I saw that and I thought, this is an interesting place. Yeah, it's it's a it's a real cool spot. It's just a little roadside stop. It's a crazy collection of concrete, but that's designed in sculpture and, and different other designs. There's often colorful pieces of broken glass wedged in there and other things that turn them into horses and people and wagons and hmm. other eye-catching concoctions, if you will. Uh, Laura, yeah. do you know how this even came to be? That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> so Fred Smith, um, who created all of these sculptures, owned a bar on that site and mm. he that was his artistic vision he was a farmer and a bartender and he um this was his vision to make things that were like like the old days that he made these back in the 60s old days of wisconsin so maybe a horse and plow it might be people riding in a carriage it might be different things you know the animals of the area 
those sorts of things. And so he just created, he has like an armature inside of them. And the lore is that there are skeletons inside of some of them. Oh. I can neither confirm nor deny. Wow. Like <laughs> but... pieces of skeletons or like full... Like a horse. Like if it's a horse, like it yeah. could wow. be like horse bones. Um, they are life-size. <laughs> and then he took the pieces of broken glass from the beer bottles and things at his bar and used them in mosaic form uh, to decorate the outside of these sculptures. So that's where the glass came that from. That is pretty yeah. cool. That makes a lot of sense. They and say so, you should combine your interests, mm -hmm. and that's one way to do it. Well, it's almost like in yeah. southwestern Wisconsin, there's a lot of grottos. Yeah. Where they have, mm -hmm. right. like, formations with a and broken glass is used as, for different shapes and colors and everything. That's the same thing at Concrete Park. So how big yeah. is this park? It's not that big. Couple acres, acre or two. Yeah, a couple acres. Well, that's yeah, pretty big. Yeah, it's not. It's not super humongous. Um, I mean, you could walk through it, and depending on how much time you would take, you, I mean, it wouldn't be more than an hour probably. But mm -hmm. if you stop to read every single thing, it probably would take you longer. Yeah. But... <laughs> wow, that's fun. Yeah, and it well, it's a fun place to stop, and it's good for anybody to to take a look at, and and the kids even enjoy taking a look at things like that because they're so unique. Mm -hmm. And a lot of historical things um, involving, you know, veterans and that sort of stuff that was loomed large in his experience and that was on his mind. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I just that's one of my favorite quirky things in Price County. And shortly after that, if you're traveling north, you end up in Phillips, which is the county seat. And uh, I have to give a shout out to one of my favorite things in there. Of all things, it's a food truck. Yeah, you had written this. But and, it's and right in front of a gas station. Like, not really 13. a dining experience. And I was like, what's Yet it is a dining about? experience. Lola's Lunchbox, which we filmed at several years ago when we were doing Wisconsin food trucks. We highlighted them. And I don't know how they make what they make out of that truck so well. Yeah. Because it's a huge variety of amazing things. But if, if you're going to eat in Price County, I would consider that a must stop. Mm. But they travel because they're and they'll travel around. They yeah. often are there. You'll often find them in Park Falls as well as Phillips. And those are kind of the yeah. two. Those are the two largest uh, cities, towns in Price County connected by Highway 13. Right, Laura? You got it. So what are and what, you know, if you picked up food from Lola's, you could go across Highway 13 and eat it at Elk Lake Park in Phillips. Yeah, yeah. it's beautiful. because Yeah, you can lunch. see it right there. And there's some resorts on that lake. Yeah, we've got the Red Pines condominiums that are on Elk Lake right there. Um, that's really the only resort that's on that one, but we have the whole Phillips chain of lakes. Mm -hmm. So there's a chain, it's Uroy, Elk, Long, Wilson, um, and there's a, throughout that whole chain, we've got a variety of really great lodging places. Some mm -hmm. are resorts, some are the VRBO rental, Airbnb, that type of rental. Um, but the lakeside there is just fantastic. For most of them, you can just walk right down to the lake, hop in your boat or your kayak or take a swim. And it's just, it's really nice. It's good water and uh, good for the whole family and all kinds of activities. Yeah, I mean, the resort selection is huge. Northern Pines, Deer Lake, Comfort Cove, Hidden Cove, Hidden Valley, Flyaway, Ruffed Grouse Lodge, Red Pines, Reese's, just to name a few. Yeah, throughout the county, we've got a lot of nice, classic Northwoods resorts, I would call them. And if you want that real Northwoods experience with the with the little cottage by the side of the lake, it's they're just nice places to stay and they're family owned and the owners take a lot of pride in 
what they do and what they're providing to our guests. Absolutely. And uh, you mentioned the chain of lakes, but you guys have quite a few other lakes as well. Um, we really do. Yeah, there's a lot of lakes in this area, which is cool to see. So uh, what are some of the more popular lakes in the nearby area just outside of Phillips or maybe just on the outskirts of Phillips? And what are some yeah. of the water recreation that people participate in in the area? Throughout Price County, we've got a ton of great lakes. Um, so Phillips has that chain that I told you about, Solberg Lake. I'm, I'm afraid of saying this because I'm going to miss one and then I'm going to get yelled at. Like, you can talk about this lake. Or or you told them about that lake. Now it's going to be crowded. Add it to the comments, guys. <laughs> yeah, there, right? There are hidden gems um, yeah. there, yeah. Yeah. Um, if you got up toward Park Falls, there's Butternut. Uh, between Park Falls and Butternut, there's Butternut Lake. And that is a very large lake. Lots of lodging options and mm -hmm. dining options out there. Um, throughout the county, we've got a number of rivers as well. The Flambeau, the Jump, the Spirit, there's all kinds of them. And so for every body of water, there's different things that people like to utilize them for. Fishing is huge up here, both in terms of on the water fishing, dock fishing, river fishing, stream fishing, ice fishing. So that's that's a really popular recreational opportunity up here. And for fishermen, we actually just hosted the Wisconsin Governor's Fishing Opener in Price County this year, which was exciting. So lots of options there. People love to come out and just pontooning or just going out for boat rides is, is really popular. You could grab a kayak or a canoe, a stand-up paddleboard. The silent sports are wonderful out there. And you can do those kind of on any body of water that we've got. You know, if you want to go out on a river or a lake, there's lots of opportunities. And, you know, basically the only thing that I've never seen people do on the water here is surf. So <laughs> <laughs> everything else, we've, we've seen it and there's, there's great opportunities. Yeah, and there's some great places to overlook some of those lakes. I mean, you talked about uh, Butternut Lake. Bobbers on the Lake is a nice place to dine. There's some yes. great supper clubs like uh, Northwoods and Fifield. That's not on a lake, but that's right where, right where 13 and 70 intersect, and that's a, that's a good spot. Uh, the Polish yeah. Palace. I've never been there, but some friends of mine have. They say it's pretty fun on Solberg. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have a number of um, wonderful, just classic Northwoods bars. You know, you pop in there, and you've got your you've got your regulars, but they're pulling beers on tap, and it's just you know, you go into any number of them and there's so many places that would be right on an ATV trail or right on the snowmobile trail throughout the county. Um, I would say give the Phillips Chamber or the Park Falls Chamber a call and we are happy to get ATV or snowmobile maps out to people. And those have all of our local bars and restaurants on them that are close to the trails. So lots of great opportunities for food and drinks. Yeah, let's dive in a little more on those trails. I know, for example, that one trail, the Tusco is it called the Tuscobia? It goes from Tuscobia to Park yes. Falls. Uh, that's yes. a 72-mile-long trail that ends in Park Falls. Uh, and there's a bunch of others that just wind through the county and take you to some pretty remote areas where you can really uh, you know, do hunting and all kinds of great stuff. Yep. Yeah, and that's what's neat about all of our trail systems, whether it's snowmobile, ATV, silent sports. They are taking you, you know, you can stay close to town, or and out of an easy trail, or you can go into the backwoods. And we've got the Shawamigan National Forest that's at our doorstep here. And uh, lots of great opportunities for getting out and really getting away from it all. That's really nice. Now, uh, uh, phillipswisconsin.net and parkfalls.com are two of the major yeah. places people can go to find out more on a lot of these things. And you do have connections to the trails on those, right? Yes, absolutely. 
Okay. Now, we've talked a little bit. I just want to mention dining one time a little bit more because apparently Josh Osterman, who is a frequent mm-hmm. guest talking a lot about food, he is really big on Bonnie's Diner. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I have not been, so could you fill us in on that? Because Josh will get mad at us if we don't. Absolutely. That Bonnie's is just, you know, your your little diner that's right in downtown Phillips. And, you know, good food, your your regular stuff, you know, your everyday things, your pancakes, your burgers, your, you just kind of, if you can get it in a diner, you can get it there. My personal favorite there is the Haystack. Any idea? Well, I, I know of Haystack it's, onions, but. I'm thinking of like a um, hash brown kind of dish. What is it? Yes. So it's got um, it's got hash browns, it's got uh, like link sausages, mm. it has cheese, it has an egg on top, and it's just all in this delicious pile. It's so good. <laughs> wow, delicious that's, pile. That's what you want in a breakfast, delicious right? Pile. You just woke it's up, just you're a, a mess. Pile of breakfast. You just it's need so something good. to represent that and yep. to be delicious. It sounds like yes, everything it is. Super good. So that's it's, awesome. it's kind of everything you like in breakfast, all like in one in one big haystack yep so (laughs) when when people inquire about price county in general what is your elevator pitch to them on what the county has to offer the most if you really want to get away from it all get that peace and quiet have a place to reconnect with friends family we are a great place to come um we're a great place to enjoy nature silent sports um, we have some great lodging and dining options that are not going to break the bank. So it's just, it's a nice place to come and really just be able to relax, kick off your shoes, get away from it all. Very nice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, since it is fall, I know you guys have some fall events coming up. Um, yes. Can you mention some of those events? I, I read that you guys have uh, a Christmas tree festival and then there's the Phillips Harvest Festival, which I thought is yeah. kind of funny because the Phillips Harvest Festival is actually after the Christmas tree festival <laughs> date wise, <laughs> which I thought was kind of funny. The Christmas tree festival looks like it's September 30th. And I, I don't know, Laura, are you familiar, like pretty familiar with the things that happen at each event? If so, can you just chat a little bit about what kind of goes on at each one? Yeah, so um, Olga Mahos, the Christmas Tree Festival, and that's been going on, eh, I'm going to say 75 years, but it's 75 wow. or 80, and I'm not sure quite how, I, I don't have the number in front of me, yeah. but Generations, it's been a while, yeah. so, and that's, yeah, and that's in Ogama, and that actually celebrates, they have a number of tree farms down there, and so it celebrates their Christmas tree harvest and their tree farms and those sorts of things. And they have a parade and an arts and crafts fair and other, you know, kids and family activities. And they've done some other fun activities like a Christmas tree, like I'm going to call it a Christmas tree throw. But if you can picture like getting your hands up underneath the the bottom part of the Christmas tree there and doing like this, like chuck. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. And who can throw the Christmas tree the farthest? Do we have video um, of that somewhere? so funny. I don't have yeah, any, but I'm sure it exists someplace. This. Yeah, I'm curious yeah. about that. It's kind of like that Scottish. They have that Scottish thing where they throw. They have like the big pole that they can throw. It's yeah. the same idea. It's like well, Christmas that, tree so, shot put. Christmas tree. It's like, it's like, like they just had yeah. the uh, the cow chip toss in Prairie du Sac. Cow chip. Throw, yeah, oh. the dried cow chips. They that's oh, a toss. Oh, cow chip. I thought you said couch up. Oh. I thought people are throwing that's couches. What I, heard too. I thought you know. Now oh. I'm just really confused by Wisconsin. No, but you know what? That's an idea. Somebody's gonna do that now. 
That's like Mifflin toss. all over again. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> oh, yikes. College students yeah. moving out after the semester. Uh, so I was talking <laughs> about Ogama, which is about where uh, 13 and 86 meet. Yeah. Just east of there is Tim's Hill. I just want to revisit right. that one right, because yeah. it is the highest natural point in Wisconsin at 1,951.5 feet above <laughs> sea level. One of the things that's interesting is it was not recognized as such until the 60s. Really? Because Rib Mountain outside Wausau forever was thought to be the highest point in the state, and it gets close. So how did they figure it out? Uh, Clearly not through whatever, drone. Whatever the measurement. No, not yeah. in the drone. Not drone. Um <laughs> It's the most, Mirab Mountain's the most prominent point in the state, like the height above average terrain. Yeah. Uh, but when they were doing some additional measurements, and I don't know how they did it, but they figured out that there were a couple of points a little bit mm. higher, most of which were in Price County, the highest of which was Tim's Hill, Tim's Hill, which it would be called Tim's Mountain if it was 48 and a half feet taller. Apparently 2,000 feet is the, Wow. Although they call Rib Mountain Rib Mountain and it's shorter. So I don't know why Tim's is just a hill. It should be a mountain. But when you go to the county park that surrounds Tim's Hill, it's a beautiful park, especially in the fall. I've been there to climb the tower. And it's funny. There's a little mound when you get to the top. And you you realize that's the highest point. Then you climb the tower, which is about 50 feet high. Then you are over 2,000 feet above sea level. When you look around, you know you're at the highest point in the state. It is very clear. Nothing even approaches that height. Wow, I can imagine the fall would be a great time to get up there. On a clear day in the fall, the Absolutely. fall colors are amazing, and you Beautiful. can see 40, 50 miles. Wow. And it's mm-hmm. just absolutely stunning, and I, I highly recommend visiting. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what were you going to say, Laura? Did you have something to add to that? Oh, no. I, well, I was going to say it's my favorite place to go in fall, and oh, I just I it's just such a wonderful view, and you can actually see uh, Rib Mountain from there if you if oh. you look. Really? I've, we've been able to spot it um, away from <laughs> the distance. But also, you know, if somebody, it tends to get busier on the weekends during that peak color season. So if people had a chance to take a ride during the week, that's actually a really good time to go because it's a little less congested. Um, and I would say it's an intermediate walk up there. Sure. It's, they've got a nice trail. Um, it's all groomed and it's all, you know, packed down. But I mean, it definitely is you're walking you're walking up a hill. Yeah, got to get <laughs> mentally prepared for a little bit. Well, Eric, how about you can go to Rib Mountain. I'll go to Tim's Hill, and we'll wave to each other at the top. That would be fun to try. <laughs> I don't know. If... Get my Zoom lens out. <laughs> Quite a zoom. They're probably, what, about 40, 50 miles apart, maybe a little more? Probably as the crow flies. Yeah. Or would, binoculars. Would, wouldn't surprise me, though, that yeah. you could see one from the other. So funny. Got to so, be yeah, a third that's pretty day cool. for sure. So but, that's your Ogama. And then uh, we talked about the Christmas tree festival, which yeah, is September 30th. Yeah, and I just 30th. wanted to, September 30th, I wanted to make sure people knew the date for yeah. that. Um, and, it, I mean, it sounds like a ton of fun. There's a kickball tournament, it looks like. There's a parade, like you said, some face painting. So great for kids. And obviously, again, if you can get out there in the fall, a uh, great time to see those those colors, but I, I think it's, so there's no cutting of the Christmas trees or anything like that. They're just celebrating the fact that there are Christmas or there are tree farms, correct? Okay. Correct. And I believe they might have like a tree contest where they might compete, you know, some of the growers might compete, you know, yeah. for that sort of a thing. too. Fun. And then the other one, if we uh, jump back to Phillips, the Harvest Festival is October 7th. Uh, and that one, it sounds like is all things classic fall. Uh, we've got pumpkins and fresh produce, it says, some craisins and cranberries, pumpkin decorating and music. And um, I don't know if you have anything else to add to that, Laura. 
Yeah, so our um, the harvest that we are referring to in Harvest Fest, and this has been going on for about 30, a little less than 30 years now. So um, part of the reason that the Ogama Christmas Tree Festival is first is because they have been around the longest and we wanna have them be two different weekends because we're only about 30 miles apart. So this gives people in the community the opportunity to go to both events. So that's why, that's why it's that way. Um, so, cause we're not a giant community, but everybody likes to participate in, in things. So it's yeah. just fun to give people that chance. Um, but our harvest is cranberries. Mm. So you think, you think pumpkins, but actually <laughs> up here, uh, the harvest is cranberries. And that's what we really focus on. We have um, fresh cranberries and craisins that we sell at, at ours. And they, the cranberries come straight from the marsh here in Phillips. So that's a very fun thing to be able to offer that, that real fresh local produce. And we also, of course, have pumpkins and corn and other fall, fall harvest type things. But it's cranberries are really our big focus. And yeah. it's, it's always just a nice fall day to come out. We've got a ton of arts and crafts vendors, lots of food. The firemen are actually having a street dance that evening this year. Oh, what so, does that mean, a street dance from the firemen? Yeah, so they're blocking oh boy, off look the at the expression in front of the have. fire department. <laughs> yeah, they're blocking off the street in front of the fire department, and they're making it a classic street dance. They're going to have a DJ, no or no, I'm sorry, way. they're having a band, and they're having a band, and it's going to be an all-night party at the fire department. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. Wow, talk about one way to use an event space. <laughs> I know where you're going to be now <laughs> on October 7th. Yeah, right? Oh, boy. Count me in. That sounds great. Um, yeah. So can people go and visit the March, Mar- Marsh? I know that sometimes they'll do tours at some places. Is that available it's not for the public open to see? Okay. for tours, no. But I will say it is. It's a smaller operation than a lot of the other marshes. So they kind of they kind of just take care of what, what they do. They, they mostly, I think the only group that is allowed to go do a marsh tour each year that does a regular one is the fourth grade classes. Oh, really? Because. My they daughter's fourth grade class went there on a marsh tour last year. And I remember when I was in fourth grade, I went on a marsh tour. <laughs> yep. Well, it's a so great it's thing to learn about, time. I think. It's one of those it things is. where you, you know, you realize that Wisconsin is the number one producer of, what is it, cranberries and ginseng. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, it's um, pretty wild. Yeah, and, it's just something that I didn't know about till I was an adult. Yeah. Um, there are some bogs outside Phillips, and there's a few along Highway 86 when you're driving there between uh, over from Tomahawk over to uh, Tim's also Hill. Also up by Fifield. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, oh, and up by Fifield too, yeah. But those yeah. festivals are always a, a good time, especially with the arts and crafts vendors. I know that they're a great way to kind of get some holiday gifts in and then also to just, you know, if you're a crafter yourself, you can kind of get some great ideas from some of those vendors too. Yeah, um, let's definitely. and let's move to Park Falls now, which yep. you know, it's interesting, Laura. I drive through Park Falls and when you're when you're in Price County, you're you're used to being out in the sticks, if you will, right? A lot of forest, <laughs> a lot of wild well, it's right. I mean it's, there's there's yeah. miles and miles in between some of these towns and you feel like you're out in the middle of nowhere. You get to Park Falls and it's a town of only what, about twenty five hundred people, but it's starting to get some more big city feel to it. Mm-hmm. They have traffic lights. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> they have a traffic light or two, and highway. Th- they just redid Highway 13 real nice, and there's some. Yeah. Uh, there's a large f- manufacturing facility in there. I don't know what's what what happens in there, but I mean, there's just more and more stuff opening up in Park Falls now. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, there's lots to do there. The ATVing up there is great. Um, there's a lot of city streets that are available for ATVing. They're really encouraging that. Um, you know, in addition to the snowmobile being around, snowmobile trails being around too. But um, that's one one great thing to do there. Lots of places to go eat, places to shop, things to do. So yeah, lots lots going on up there. And their fright fest is coming up towards the end of October. Yes. Yep, at the end of October, they'll have their Fright Fest, which um, includes a trunk or treat event for the kids. And I know they're working on some of their plans yet, so I'm not going to uh, mm. do that. I'm not going to spoil their spoil their uh, big plans they've got coming up. But last year, they had a pumpkin drop that was a giant, like one of the giant pumpkins that's in contests and things like that. And they dropped it from a crane. It was really fun. Wow. Um, Hey so kids. that was super cool. Man, you guys do fall right. Hey kids, try to catch this pumpkin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'd be underneath that. They run thing. around and pick it up at the end. It was funny. And plenty that's of pumpkin funny. shrapnel. That's like Oh yeah. That's like a piñata on steroids. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um so in the in the Flambeau River uh flows right through there, correct? Um Right. And so there's a lot of canoeing and fishing and even whitewater rafting, I believe. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, so definitely a fun activity for those of you who have not been whitewater rafting and are there i mean i would imagine that i have not been to park falls specifically but there is an actual falls in park falls um there's a park too yeah there is a park and there's a falls and the falls (laughs) might even be in the park um but can you just describe kind of the natural terrain it seems like park falls has and you know price county in general has kind of a little bit of a I don't want to say mountainous, but but a little bit of like a hilly terrain. And, it, you know, it is really cool for ATVing, especially in the fall, because you kind of see these a little bit more of a hilly area just versus the flat terrain that sometimes you might even get up north where I know ATVing can be really popular, too. Um, and you're kind of surrounded in the in the north woods by just these tree lines. But in Price County, it seems to be more mountainous or hilly which is uh, really makes for a beautiful ride on atving especially i don't know that i'd go so far as mountainous but we yeah. definitely have varied terrain and <laughs> sure. if you're going up or and down Wisconsin. hills and you're you might be going through a through a crick or you know it's the proper way to say it up here is crick <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, yeah. it's always a debate um but you might be doing that you you know and it is that's one of the things that's neat about here is it's not incredibly flat you get a lot of higher higher points and then lower and you might be going through some water and it's if you're in an atv that's what you want to do right so fun yeah that's i fun. haven't been atv along the flambeau that means torch in french by the way oh in case you were curious go. yeah atving yeah. and utving is a lot of i mean utv and it's getting more and more like just driving in a car that's able to go over rough yeah. terrain yeah atving is a little more adventurous it's a little more motorcycly but uh, yeah, right. those it's always fun on those trails, and and some of the stops to, in a way, bring it back to the bars and restaurants and resorts. A lot of those stops are not only along the main roads you can drive on, but they're along those trails. Yeah. Um, so it also makes for fun cross country skiing and snowshoeing mm. and things like that to get some of that varied terrain there as well. And I you're bet not, you're not just going on a flat ride. It, you're getting a good ski in if you're if you're out there cross country skiing, for example. You know, you get a nice little hill or, you know, you're going to herringbone up that and it's it's a good workout. Yeah, well, I'm glad you brought that up, too, because I know some people listen to our podcasts on the day they come out and then some people don't listen for a couple months after. So we're in fall, right? Or we're about to be in fall right now. But um, 
we are heading into winter. So I know you guys have a winter fest that you guys do in January. Um, and just, you know, what are some of the things that people can do outside of winter fest? Or you can talk about that a little bit too, but what, what are some activities that people do in Price County in the winter time? Well, we kind of touched on this already, but the big highlight of our winter fest is a big ice fishing tournament. Mm -hmm. And that's such a popular thing up here. You go around and any lake in January, you're going to see a bunch of shanties on it. So <laughs> that's, that's something that people up here love to do and that people love to come up here for, uh, for our winter fest ice fishing tournament and for a lot of the other ice fishing tournaments that happen in the community. Uh, you've got people coming from all parts of the state. And especially if it's a milder winter in the Southern part of the state, it's usually still cold up by us. So it's a good chance to take advantage of that. Also the snowmobiling, we tend to get good snow. We've got an extensive trail network that we've been told is the best in the state. Wow. Um, yeah. So it's, we've got some dedicated volunteers and some really great people who are, who are committed to making those trails wonderful and keeping them as good as they've been for the last 50 or so years. Um, also, I mentioned the cross-country skiing. That's mm. a really popular thing for people to go out to do with those silent sports. Um, snowshoe trails are wonderful. And really, you can grab a pair of snowshoes and kind of just tromp around <laughs> <laughs> wherever you like. You don't need a trail, which is nice. Um, That's true. And one nice thing, some of the big... you know, you talked about ice fishing where you're out kind of on an open lake. It gets cold there in the wintertime. And, it does. You, I mean, want, you want your heater and you want your long john. Right. But if you're in the forest <laughs> on, you know, cross-country skiing or snowshoeing, there's so many trees that breaks the wind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so even when it's really even when it's really cold, it's not as bad in the forest. So yeah, yeah, you can you can be a little more comfortable doing that. And to be out there in the winter, you've just got this like magical stillness, mm. and mm -hmm. you know you might have a little bit of snowfall, and you're just you're out in the middle of it, and you just stop and take a breath, and it's just this beautiful, still, cold experience and it's it's nice it's very peaceful i imagine it being a little bit like narnia <laughs> a little bit of a narnia feel when everything's covered in white i love that um yep. so you know speaking of being cold and if it's the middle of the winter or you know on a in in the fall or the summer on a rainy day and people want to be inside what are some what, what's the shopping scene like or some of the indoor things that people can do museums or some of the indoor attractions well, I'm going to tell you, the closest Walmart is about 45 minutes away. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's probably a good thing. Well, it depends, it depends on who you ask, sure. but it, it opens up a neat opportunity for our local shops. And mm -hmm. every community has unique, um, unique stores, whether it is for outdoor gear and things like that, for, for enjoying those outdoor adventures, or uh, home decor, or food and drink. We've got lots of different fun, fun shops that I, you know, I like to stop at and that our local people like to stop at too. And that visitors come back to again and again. Yeah. And I always think those shops are the best ones to go to, especially for, I mean, yourself or one, you're supporting local, which I think is becoming a really big and important thing. People are realizing how important it is. Um, but two, you find things that you just can't find anywhere else. And so I think it's really cool. And a lot of the time you chat with some of the business owners there and they're just mm -hmm. really humble people who enjoy kind of telling you about their craft or their business or their storefront. And um, 
I just think there's a little bit more of a relationship there. And it's always fun to check those um, local shops out. So that's great. The other thing I think is neat is that so many of those business owners kind of collaborate with one another to make mm. sure that they're not selling the same things as somebody else. Oh, that's So nice. that they can recommend, oh, hey, I'm looking for this sort of a thing. You know, where you should go for that is that's here. Cool. And they work <laughs> together and we have small communities. And that's the idea is that we all work together um, to serve our consumers. And, and that spirit actually extends to some other festivals that are in the more recent past. So if we look ahead to next year, uh, there's things like uh, Lumberman's Day in Catawba, which we haven't touched yeah. on that town. Mm-hmm. That's from Phillips. You can go west by taking Highway 111. And that leads you back to US 8 and they meet in Catawba. Uh, there's a Lumberman's Day there, which makes sense with all the you know, timber in the area and a Czech Slovak fest in Phillips. Can you just touch on those as people can make notes maybe for next summer? Absolutely. So Lumberman's Day is sponsored by the uh, Lions Club down there. And that has been going on over 50 years. It's a long, it's a long time festival. And they've got a big parade with massive amounts of candy for the kids. (laughs) Oh, for the kids? That was always the highlight when I I was a kid. Well, you take the tax, you know, like when you're, when you're a parent or when you go with kids, you got to take the tax. Yeah. Although Eric, I don't know you, you and your teeth over here. <laughs> you better stay away from that candy. Well, you can give it I don't, to I don't me think anybody fine. listening knows. I had a temporary <laughs> crown on that just came off right before we started recording. So <laughs> I'm drinking and eating things very carefully. It's fine. We won't judge you if you still eat all the kids' candy. <laughs> right. So then no, after the permanent the parade, then. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so after the parade, they've got down at the park. Um, they do a barbecue chicken dinner, which is very popular. Rats yes. and hot dogs, a ball tournament. And then different competitions in in lumberman-ing. Lumberjacking. <laughs> so please uh, please lumberman- uh, well, go into that exactly. More. But you know, so um, they have chainsaw competitions of who can slice through the the log the quickest. Mm-hmm. They have two man competitions like with a regular Sorry. with a regular non electric saw. Um, so all kinds of different things like that that are all you know skills in being a lumber person. I don't even want to say lumber man because there are plenty of women who also compete. So yeah. They also fun. call them lumberjacks and, and lumber jills. Lumber jill. Yeah. That's fun. How does one become a lumberjack or lumber bill? Lumber bill. Lumber you just have jill. to be really good at sawing Dude, yeah, and cutting and climbing trees. Yeah. And Is that it? Can you, can you have to wear flannel. general public come and sign up for this? Or is it people who like specifically work in a typical... No, it's not necessarily professionals. Okay. Um, But if you live up here, you kind of sometimes become that because your yard has so many trees and you have to cut some down for whatever reason. So (laughs) I think we have a lot of amateur lumber lumbermen. Um, And that's a a lot of the people who compete in these competitions are just people who have grown up with it and are are accustomed to it. So you don't have to be a professional pro lumber lumberjack and lumber jill sponsors are is it like blaine's farm and fleet or <laughs> who are the sponsors of these guys that's hilarious maybe bounty with the, the guy there you on the go. front <laughs> there you go i like it they'd be a good one to, to yeah. approach yeah so and then uh, all so that's in june uh the next one's in june of 2024 yeah. and also in mm-hmm. june in phillips is the czech slovak fest which yes, i assume so. goes back to some of the ethnic history of phillips Yep, absolutely. This area was settled by a lot of um, people from what was then Czechoslovakia. And in the 80s, 
people who were their descendants. Um, we have a memorial here in Phillips. And so some of the descendants said, let's have a festival. So it actually, post-COVID, it always had been in, the, in Phillips High School inside of the school. Post-COVID, they moved it outside to Elk Lake Park. So it's this really fun now, out, and it was always fun. But um, now it's outside and it's got that whole European festival feel and they've got music and dancing and entertainment on the stage all day. They have authentic Czech Slovak food, um, lots of vendors. So it's just a lot of fun. And then the um, statewide queen competition is in Phillips. Mm. And so then the winner of that goes to the national Czech Slovak queen competition in Nebraska. Oh, cool. I always love watching... um the dances i think it's so Mm -hmm. cool when you get to experience that because it's just i mean it is unlike any other type of dancing that because i think a lot of people even if you know you have experienced that culture in some way before at a festival or you are of that culture the the dancing like really brings that to light and it is so because there's so much history built into the dance moves too and i recently went to the norwegian festival this past year in stoughton wisconsin um and the the dancing was just i never ever thought that it would be so interesting and entertaining to watch that and so i can imagine that the the dancing here would be something to see Mm -hmm. Yep. And the other fun thing is then in their, their bands that they have are polka bands. So you've got mm. all kinds of people getting up to also dance polka during that's those, those performances. And <laughs> it's so much fun. Yeah, that would be a blast. Cool that it's outside too now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right by right by the lake. Um, well, so, that's great. It was were Those were the two that you had mentioned, Eric, right? The two festivals mm-hmm. that you wanted to cover? Yep. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, and so we mentioned the shopping scene and some of the indoor things to do. Uh, and I think there was one. Oh, no, you covered it. You did mm-hmm. cover the pumpkin, the pumpkin drop. And then one more question I had just because it is fall. Um, yeah. It looks like the fall harvest event has what's called a trunk or treat. I just wanted yeah, to know what that was. That's the Oh, that's what, yes, yes, Fright Fest. So that's a that's different the festival. Fright Fest. So that's, that's Halloween weekend. Yep. Yep. And what, um, yeah. So, yeah. What a trunk or treat is, is that for this one, they close off a block of their main street and people pull their cars in like nose toward the curb. So your trunk is facing the middle of the street. And then people decorate the backs of the cars and have it open, like have the trunk of the car open and have it decorated in some different way. Sometimes they'll do like a movie theme or they'll do you know, just a gen- just something cool. fun or general or, you know, whatever. And um, then the kids come by and instead of going to houses for trick or treat, they'll say trick or treat. And then the person who's sitting by that vehicle that they've decorated, often in costume themselves, will give them the treats just like a regular trick or treat. <laughs> That's great. And then is the pumpkin drop a similar thing or is that something different? Because I know you mentioned the pumpkin drop at the other festival. The pumpkin drop was at Fright Fest, yeah. And so So that was actually at a park that was downtown in Park Falls. And they they had it right adjacent to the street where the trunk or treat was taking place. And (laughs) a lot of their businesses are down there and things like that because it's right downtown. Fun. Well, some of the things you can look forward to coming up this fall. Yeah, there's there's more at Phillips, Wisconsin. Uh, .net and parkfalls.com. Any other resources you'd like to share? Those are the big ones. Um, We just encourage people to reach out to us. We've got Facebook pages. Both chambers have Facebook pages. Um, 
no Instagrams yet, so don't promote that. <laughs> <laughs> but we're working on it. Um, but yeah, th- those are the big ones is follow us on Facebook and check out our websites. And we are excited to welcome people to the Price County area. We feel like it's a real hidden jewel of the Northwood. Yeah, and if you want to see a little bit more on video, uh, we have a series called Uniquely Wisconsin here with Discover Wisconsin. You can check out our YouTube page of the Discover Wisconsin app. Uh, We have stories on uh, the St. Croix rods and the fishing community that explores the importance of the fishing industry to Price County. And we talked about all those lakes and rivers, so we explore that business. Uh, we explore award-winning snow groomer Frank Dusek. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. Follow his stories. Uh, volunteered yeah. for over 50 years. Been integral in the development and maintenance of the groomed snowmobile trails that wind all throughout Price County. Right, Laura? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he it's... is kind of the grandfather of Price County snowmobiling. <laughs> it's a that's a really really good one to yeah. watch. Yeah, and uh, we also he recently is actually had... being inducted into the Snowmobile Hall of Fame this fall. Really? Oh, he is. Oh. That's awesome. So uh, after we oh. did the did the uniquely Wisconsin broadcast, um, they they announced that he was going to be inducted this fall. So very excited about that's that. That's fantastic. Sweet. He definitely deserves it. That's a lot of volunteer work oh, right yeah. there. Definitely. And uh, there's rodeo there. Price County did have the rodeo that was going on in uh, July, correct, Laura? Yes. That happens every year, um, 4th of July weekend. Mm -hmm. So if there are any rodeo fans out there, ours is a very good one. It sells out every year. And just a a fun event and lots of positive buzz going on about that one. And so it will be continuing. And you can see the recent uh, Price County Rodeo where we meet Alexis Baratka. That sounds like a Czechoslovak name. Yeah, very much so. (laughs) Yep. An award-winning barrel racing horseback rider had the dream of bringing Price County its own rodeo and and made it happen. So uh, we got to see the passion and the community support there. So I'm excited to see that one too because our videographer said that it was – one of his favorite episodes of Uniquely Wisconsin to shoot, um, and he said it was just a ton of fun. So I know Blaze, he said, right? Yeah, Blaze. He was he was all he yeah. Was he all had no idea what it. to expect. I was talking with him before he went. Yeah. He had no idea what to expect. Afterwards, he was all jazzed about I it. I know. He just he he keeps every time I'm like, "How was your shoot?" He'll like compare it again to the rodeo one. He's it's like it's like the rodeo is like level a hundred, and everything gets you know compared to that as the maximum. So it's pretty funny. Um, but no, I I've heard it was a ton of fun. So I know Laura, you said for those who are rodeo fans, but even if you're not sure if you're a rodeo fan, definitely go and check it out because you might become one. Very Every nice. year I've talked to people who have gone who are like, I didn't know what mm-hmm. to expect with the rodeo. I've never gone to anything like that, but we had an awesome time. Yeah, I've been to one in my life and it's fun. I've I went been with to a my couple. mom. It's a ton of fun. They were down in Texas, but yeah, I mean, yeah. The rodeos are huge down there and mm-hmm. they're, they're they're getting bigger here. Yeah. So it's yep. kind of fun to watch. They are cool. Well, right. Thank you so much, Laura. Is there anything else that you wanted to cover? I don't believe so. I think we went through pretty much everything that was on our on our thing here so yeah. sounds like a, yeah it sounds like a really cool place so all right well, we'll thank we'll you be, so much for hanging out with us we'll be hitting eight or 13 or 70 or 111 or 86 or any combination of those highlights so and get up to price to county come into price county i know all right <laughs> we'll have to figure out i'll i'll have to get there one way and then the next time i'll have to do another thing on the <laughs> price county bucket well that's something that's neat way. about fall is when the colors are at peak people will say well where should i drive and i'm like pick a road yeah, yeah. it doesn't matter like really <laughs> you can go out i mean i live on a county trunk that just goes straight out of phillips and it's even driving down there i'm like man 
it's so pretty, but it's small. So, you know, it doesn't really matter. You can just kind of go and explore Mm. and it's just fun to go. You've got a sunny day, blue sky, and it doesn't really matter what road you pick. They're all nice. I love that. All right. That's great. Well, Laura, thanks again for uh, taking the time and talk Price County with us today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Look forward to talking with you more in the future. Awesome. Today's bonus episode of The Cabin was sponsored by Price County and produced and hosted by Eric Paulson and me, Anna Elise Beckman, with special guest Laura Paulskill. Audio engineering and video teasers by Logan Ingram with social media by Adeline Savanak. The Cabin is a production brought to you by Discover Media Works. To learn more, head to discovermediaworks.com. And please don't forget to leave that review.